Take your Bibles, if you would. Let's open the Word of God to the book of John. The book of John, thinking about the Lord and the promised land, thinking about the place that Jesus is preparing for us is a wonderful, wonderful thought and uh, wonderful to think about. This week is a special week. Do you know why? I see we guys have to stick together, so I'm giving you guys fair warning. A few days in advance, right? It's early warning notice. February 14th is this week. Right? If you don't know what that is, February 14th, that's Valentine's Day. And so on Valentine's Day, you're supposed to be thinking of your special someone. And today, our special someone is Jesus. And we're thinking about him. You know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, we ought to just dedicate this whole month to thinking about how much we love Jesus. And to love Jesus means to love what he loves. And so we might do that in the future. We might just make this the, you know, the month that, we're, that we show our love for the Lord. And we love the Lord, we love His church, we love His Word, amen? Uh, just a lot of good stuff there. And it's good because He made it good. And uh, we thank the Lord for that. So the book of John, if you're there, we're going to be in chapter 21. John chapter 21. And just for time's sake, we're going to zoom in to verses 15 through 17. John 21, verse 15 once you've found your place, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. We'll have prayer, and then we'll begin reading right there in verse 15. So let's pray together. Father, how we love you today. And Lord, as we contemplate, as we consider Valentine's Day, Lord, and how you are special to us, Lord, we just want to take a moment aside and spend a little time thinking about you this morning, how you love us and how we love you. And we want to ask that during this pause, as we consider these things, Lord, that you would just help us in our, in our heart and our mind today to realize where we are in our journey to Jesus and help us to grow a little. Lord, help, help us to deepen that love a little. Help us to commit today to love you more, to love you like we should. Lord, we certainly, certainly need your help with that. We struggle, Lord, to put you first, to love you like we should, just as Peter did. And we're going to read about that in a moment. And we're just asking you today to help us, to stir our hearts, to bring things to our remembrance, Lord, so that we can have a clear focus on you and what you mean to us and how important this is. And we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 15, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? 
And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. This morning I want to preach a message on, Do you love me? Just that simple thought. It's what Jesus asked Peter. And I believe by preserving this passage for us, the Lord's asking us also, Do you love me? Thank you. You may be seated. There are some wonderful things we learn from this passage of Scripture. It's right here at the end of the book of John. It's, it's really the end of, of the time that Jesus and his apostles, his disciples, spend together. Um, you know, they had already been through uh, the, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection now. We're going into the book of Acts, and you know, right away in the book of Acts, Jesus will ascend into heaven, and he will leave that earthly ministry and, and carrying it on, the responsibility to continue in their hands. And just before he goes, the Lord comes seeking Peter. We learn some things from this passage as Jesus confronts Peter, as he calls out to him, as he questions him and says, Simon, lovest thou me? I wonder what it was like for Peter, I can only imagine, to hear those words and respond to those questions to the one who knows all things. He knows the answer before you ever give it. And whether or not you're really telling the truth, there's no hiding any of this from him because he's the one that can see into the depths of our heart and soul. Peter certainly realizes this, and he acknowledges that in his third answer. But I want you to see what we learn from this passage. First of all, I believe we learn that Jesus loves us, but I want you to see this morning the way he loves us. You know, we talk about unconditional love, and, and, and we describe a love that we learn about in the Bible where God loves us no matter what. It's really intriguing to us. It's amazing to us because we as humans, we are fallible, we are sinful, and we have a hard time giving that kind of love, unconditional love. Unconditional love says, I'm going to love you no matter what. No matter what you do to me, no matter how much attention you pay, whether you love me back or not, I'm just going to love you. And you know, that's sometimes hard for us to fathom because we wonder, why? How? How could you love us like that? But he does. As a matter of fact, the very setting here, we find Jesus sitting on the shore, and, and they're, they're, they're having dinner. They're, they're cooking a few fish. But rewind a little bit, and we'll find that in the beginning of this passage, in chapter 21, verse 1, <clears throat> excuse me, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas and Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. And Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. Why didn't they catch anything? You got to understand the disciples were crushed because they didn't realize Jesus was going to be crucified. 
They were thinking of Old Testament prophecy where the Messiah would come and set up his kingdom. And they were expecting that in their time. They didn't see the cross and the church age as they looked ahead at the prophetic passages of Scripture. And so not knowing this and not anticipating the grace of God and what he was bringing to men, they fully expected Jesus to set up his kingdom and overthrow the Roman government and and bring victory and independence to Israel. And instead of that, he was crucified on a cross and they watched him die. When that happened, all of their hopes were dashed in pieces. All of their dreams came crumbling down. Now, if that's ever happened to you, if all of your hopes and dreams and expectations have come crumbling down, then you know a little bit of what that feels like, especially when it happens in and around your faith or in and around your church family. When things just aren't what they seem or they don't become what we would like, when those, when those anticipations and hopes are gone. The disciples were so discouraged after the, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross that Peter was actually saying here, remember, they were fishermen. He was, he was actually saying, I'm going back to the way things were. I'm going back to the old life, to the way it was. Jesus is gone, Right? And that's the mindset that they went fishing with. So no wonder they caught nothing, even though these were the professionals. These were the guys who who knew how to find the fish and catch them. They knew how to do it. They made their living doing this. But this night they caught nothing. Jesus came in verse 5 and saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, saith to Peter, it is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. Now, now, now don't, go, don't, go, don't go wild on me. Peter didn't cast himself into the sea to commit suicide or something crazy like that. This was a little bit of a second wind, a little revival of of the spark of the anticipation of some of those hopes that he'd had before. Not that the kingdom was going to be placed, but realizing that Jesus was here. He's alive. He's come to see us. Peter cast himself into the sea Because he didn't want to wait until the ship got back to shore to see Jesus. (laughs) Peter made a beeline to Jesus personally on his own. And that's why he jumped into the sea. Look at verse 8. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes. You see the picture? Jesus is telling the the disciples, bring the fish. So Simon Peter goes up to the disciples as they come in with this net. 
he goes up to help them pull it in. He's already on, he's already there. He's there because Jesus came. But look at what Jesus came to. Jesus came to meet a group, not, not a group of victorious, power in prayer, gathering disciples. No, 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 no. He came to meet a group of discouraged, heartbroken disciples who just gave up on everything and said, I'm going fishing. I'm going, I'm going back to my old job. He came to them in that shape, in that mind, in, in that pain. He came to them. So Peter quit and Jesus pursued. And by the way, as Peter turned away, the other disciples, remember, they said, we also go with thee. Jesus loved them. He loved all of them. And he came to regather his children. He came to regather his disciples. Because the Bible tells us that, that God loves us. And sometimes we really don't understand and consider how real and how strong and what kind of love that really is. The way he loves. Isn't this a beautiful picture of God? The one who the Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Here he is in flesh showing that love that he has in its, in its purest form. He's coming to the disciples who obviously, just like us, are not even worthy of this. But he comes to regather them. He brings them to shore. He puts the fish on. Notice, let's see, go back to verse to verse 8, and the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land. All right, verse 9, as soon as they were come to land, they saw fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. There were already fish on the fire. Now think of the picture. The disciples are out here trying to catch fish. They've caught nothing. This man hollers to them from, from the shoreline. Cast your net on the right side and you shall find. So they do. And when they do, there's so many fish, they can't pull the net back in. They, they need help. And, and the other disciples come in a boat to help them drag this net in because they can't pull it aboard their boat. They get to shore. In the middle of that, you know, John whispered to Peter, it's the Lord. And Peter runs to shore. They, they, they drag this net back and then Peter comes out to help them pull it in because Jesus says, bring some of the fish. And when they get some of the fish and they come to where Jesus is, there's already fish cooking on the fire. I wonder what went through their heart and mind. Hey, the thing we were trying to do, Jesus already has it here done. You know, sometimes we take the burden on us to do everything. Sometimes we, we forget that God is able. And there are some things we need to let him do. We, we think we have to do it all. And we try to do it in our own power, in our own strength, in our own wisdom. And what we really need to do is just make a beeline to Jesus. The one who has all the supply, all the resource, all the ability. We need to come to him. They come and find these fish cooking. In verse 10, Jesus says unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Now you remember in another passage the net did break, but this one here, it did not. 
Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Think about that. That verse alone captures the unconditional love of Jesus. He's coming back to them again and again and again. Through their disappointment, their pain, through their hurt, their sorrow, he understands where they are and he's nurturing them back to faith in his mission. And then he addresses Simon. Simon, son of Jonas. We see the love that Jesus came with. We see the way he loves us. And this is a powerful love. Now I want you to see the kind of love Jesus has. This unconditional love, it's great. But now I want you to see the kind of love. You know, we don't get this in our English language because our English language um, is vague in some areas. We have a great vocabulary, but sometimes it's just not as vivid. So when we do a word study here, and this passage is special to me because this is one of the first word studies that I ever really did. And I remember as a teenager sitting in my pastor's library using some of his uh, resource materials to study these words. And I remember looking up, verse 15, where Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonas, he said, lovest thou me more than these? Circle that word or underline that word love right there. Jesus said, lovest thou me? Do you love me, Simon? The word love that Jesus used came from the word agape, which is true love, it's godly love, it's sincere love, it's, it's pure love. It's, it's where we get the idea of unconditional love. Agape love is the way God loves us. It's the way we should love each other. Pure, perfect, unconditional love. And so Jesus says, Simon, do you agape love me like that? And the Bible says in verse 15, he saith to him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. You can underline Peter's love right there. If you look that word up, it comes from the word phileo, which is a fond, affectionate kind of love. So Peter's really saying, if we said it like this, we would say, well, I like you a lot. Can you imagine Jesus saying, Simon, do you love me? And, and can you imagine him saying back, well, I, I like you a lot? That's, that's kind of how this felt. That's, that's kind of the way this was going. What a disappointment that would be to Jesus if Simon Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I like you a lot. Well, yeah, but that's not, that's not love. That's not what I'm asking for. You know how it is when you love some, someone, you want them to love you back. And when they don't, it's disappointing. It's disheartening. Jesus didn't express any of that disappointment. But he did in verse 16. He did ask again the second time. He said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? If you underline that word love, again, Jesus said, do you agape love me? Peter, do you love me with that pure, that sincere love? And Peter answered back. He saith in him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I, that I love thee. If you underline Peter's love again, you know what he's, again, he said, I, I phileo thee. Well, Lord, I, I've, I'm fond of you. I'm, I have a lot of affection for you. I like you a lot. You know, in English, we use that word love for everything, don't we? 
We say, man, we say, I love God. I love my church. We say, I love my job. We say, I, I, I love Coca-Cola. I, I love hot dogs. I, I love my dog. I love my wife. Well, I hope you love your wife more than you love your dog. Amen. <laughs> but we use that word love like for everything. <clears throat> How many different variations of that? And, and this, this conversation is allowing those variations to be exposed. As Jesus asks, Peter, do you agape love me? And Peter answers back to the one who already knows. Lord, Lord, I'm very fond of you. I sure like you a whole lot. And then in verse 17, <clears throat> he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? If you underline that word love that Jesus used, he, he didn't say agape right there. He said agape in verse 15. He said agape in verse 16. Do, do you love me with that pure, sincere love? Agape love? But in verse 17, Jesus said, okay, Peter, you phileo me? Okay, you like me a whole lot? And the Bible says in verse 17, Peter was grieved because the Lord said unto him the third time, that word lovest thou me? Lovest is phileo. That fond, affectionate kind of love. You know, like I like my hot dogs, like I like my dog. I love that. Not, not the agape love that God loves us with. Jesus changed the word and said, okay, Peter, all right, so you, 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 you phileo me? You, you, you have affection? You like me a whole lot? And that is what grieved Peter's heart. Not because he asked him three times, but because the third time he asked a different question. He lowered the standard, the expectation. He dropped the level of love and said, okay, Peter, you're, fond, you're just fond of me? Think about it. After all they'd been through, after all Jesus had done for him, after Peter denied the Lord and then Jesus died on the cross to save him, and now you're going to say, I'm just fond of you? And all these things, no doubt, are going through Peter's heart and mind. We see the way Jesus loved so unconditionally, but now we see the kind of love that Jesus has for us. And in this conversation, it's becoming very clear that Jesus loves Peter a whole lot more than Peter loves Jesus. You know, we could learn from this conversation. The first thing we're going to learn from this conversation right here is we don't love Jesus as much as we think we do. Remember, Peter was the one that said, oh, no, not me, Lord. I'll never deny you. I would die for you. Really? He went on to deny the Lord not once but three times. It's the same Peter who now has to be honest with the one who already knows and say, Lord, I like you a lot. I want to ask you this morning. 
You love Jesus? Good. Um, what kind of love is it? You know, that's really what Jesus was asking here. Not just do you love me. That's a good start. But hey, how do you love me? What kind of love is that? What level of love are you using on Jesus when he uses the highest level on you? Are you just fond of him? Do you just have affection? I like you a whole lot, Lord. Do you love God like you love hot dogs and football? Or is it much more than that? This is the question that Jesus was asking to Peter. And as he asked this question in these phases, the revelation of this reality was becoming clear in Peter's mind. And the third time he asked, it was evident. This matter of Peter's heart was now pulled out and displayed to him in vivid color. Peter was grieved. Not at what Jesus had done, but what, but what he had neglected to do. To love the Lord like he should. Isn't it interesting because the Bible tells us that we should love the Lord in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Do we love God like that? Do we really love him more than everything else, more than anything else? What kind of love do we have for Jesus? Do we love valentines and candy and all of that more than we love the Lord, the one who died for us? Oh, listen, this is a question that we need to confront and answer. It's the reason why Jesus asked the question. Hey, Peter, he said, do you love me? This Valentine's Day, I ask you, I ask myself, we all should consider this question. As we think of the Lord Jesus, the one who loved us, do we love him? What kind of love do we have for Jesus? And on what level do we put him? The one who should come first above all things. Jesus had that kind of love for Peter, that godly, sincere, that pure love. And he was asking Peter, what kind of love do you have for me? Do you love Jesus this morning? I'm sure we all are saying yes to that question. And then after that answer, we then have to consider how much, what level of love are we giving to Jesus? And I want to encourage you to step it up. Whatever level you find yourself on this morning, don't stay there. Step it up a notch. Determine today to give God a little more, to love him a little more, because he deserves it. But that's not all. There was another part to this question. And, it's, and these are all issues that any disciple must face because if you're going to mature in your faith in Christ, if you're going to be a strong Christian, and if you're going to love God like you should, you have to confront these issues in your own heart, in your own mind. 
Not only do you love Jesus, and then how, how much do you love Jesus? That's the question here. The next part of the question. Because Jesus said in verse 15, Simon, son of Jonas, he said, lovest thou me? And yes, we're talking about, do you love God? And, and what kind of love is that? But in verse 15, he asked something else. He said, lovest thou me more than these? Hey, Peter, do you love me more than these fish? Now, I know some commentators think that Jesus was asking Peter if he loved God more than the other disciples. And I say, he was not asking him that. And you say, well, how do you know? Well, because no one knows the answer to that question. I don't know how much you love Jesus, and you don't know how much I love Jesus. We can't see each other's heart. And we don't know what level uh, that each of us is putting on our love for the Lord compared to other things in our life or other people. Paul said when you compare yourselves among yourselves, you're not wise. And I don't think Jesus was asking them a carnal, selfish, unwise question so that they might be competitive and comparing themselves in their love for the Lord that way. I don't think that's the response he was looking for. In context in this passage, we find that Peter had turned away from the Lord and his mission, and he said, I'm going fishing, which for him meant, I'm going back to my old life, my old occupation. And I think it fits the context for Jesus to ask Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these fish? Your old ways, your old identity, your old life. Do you love me more than that? And I think in our modern society, I think it's very fitting for us also to consider the question. Jesus asking us, do you love me more than these? And maybe for you, it's not fish. Maybe for you, though, like Peter, it's a career. Maybe it's the creature comforts that we enjoy around us so much in our American society. But we have to be honest as we answer the question, do we love God and do we love him with pure, sincere love? Do we love God more than football? Do we love God more than hot dogs and the American dream? That's the question he's asking Peter. Do you love me more than these? Fill in the blank. What are these in your life? What it, could it be? Anything that you would be tempted to love more than you love God? Think about it. Jesus confronted the question. He confronted Peter. He put him in front of the mirror of his own heart so that Peter could see. And you know, often God does that. He does things in our lives to show us who we are. Because we are just like Peter. We're made out of that same flesh that thinks sometimes that we love God more than we really do. Because we, like Peter, we would say, Oh, Lord, not me. I, I would never deny you. Really? 
But Peter found himself warming his hands by the fire with those unbelievers. And when that damsel said, aren't you one of his? Aren't you? You're one of those. Oh, he said, no, not me, no. And he denied the Lord. You know, sometimes we judge ourselves by our own intentions instead of our actions. Peter's intentions said he had agape love for the Lord Jesus, but his actions said otherwise. And as Jesus asked him this question, he had no choice but to be honest with the one who already knew the answer. And so he said in verse 17, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I phileo thee. I like you a whole lot. At least he was honest. He said, Lord, that's where I am. I, I like you a lot. I have fond affection for you. But he didn't try to say, I love you the way you love me. It's kind of a sad moment, but it's a very eye-opening moment. And you know, if Peter's love is ever going to grow, and it is, oh, it is. And there's coming a day when Peter's actions are actually going to live on the same level as his intentions. And Peter will one day go to a cross and ask to be hung upside down because he's not worthy to be crucified in the same manner as his Lord. Wow. But Peter's love and devotion only could grow to that level by first coming and taking a good look in the mirror at what was really there. So the deception could be removed and Peter could begin to devote his heart to the Lord and grow into the kind of love that God deserves. The kind of love where he put God first. Do you love Jesus a little or a lot? Hey, I want you to know Jesus loves you today no matter where your level of love is. No matter what level you love him on, he loves you just as much as he loved Peter. But I want you to know, obviously God longs for all of us to grow in our love for him. To grow in our devotion. To get to the place where we love him above all things. Are you there this morning? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure we can know that without without really some adversity and things to test that. Simply because we judge ourselves by our intentions as we judge others by their actions. And so God help us today as we consider the question, lovest thou me more than these? Hey, I wonder today, what, what, what are these for you? 
if it's not fish, what, what would it be the things that would get between you and the Lord? What would be the things that would challenge your love for Jesus? What would be the things that would make it hard for you to love God as much as you should? What would be the things that might come between you? You know, I don't really have to know what that is, but you do. If you're ever going to grow beyond that. If you're ever going to overcome that. If you're ever going to love the Lord more than you love those things, you have to first identify what they are. And I think this was a reality check for Peter. Never considering before this moment, weighing the two side by side, his old occupation and his love for Jesus. Who knew that would even be an issue? But on this day it was. And Jesus lovingly, patiently said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? How about you today? I want to ask the question that Jesus asked. And I hope you'll receive it as from the Lord, not me. He's the one that asked it in the, in the passage. Do you love me? And as you consider your answer to the question that Jesus asked, do you love me? And you think about what kind of love Jesus had and Peter had. I hope you'll consider what kind of love you have. And then, how much do you love Jesus? He said, do you love me more than these? Hey, what are those for you? What are those things that might get in the way? Once we know what those are, we can ask God to help us to overcome that and love him even more than we love those things, like we should. Because you know, if there's anybody that's worthy of all our love, it's Jesus. I'm asking you today, Let's make Jesus our number one valentine. Let's put him back where he belongs in our hearts, first place. In order to do that, we have to take this look in the mirror and see what's really in our heart, just like Peter did. So let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to help us. Father, how we want to say we love you today. And Lord, we want you to help us to go beyond that affectionate, that fondness. We want to go beyond that, that, that level that says, <clears throat> I like you a lot. <clears throat> so Lord, we, we come and bow before this passage, before this moment that you had with Peter, this mentoring moment where you were helping him to see where his heart really was. Lord, help us also not only to see that, Lord, but help us to, to get beyond that. Help us to navigate our affection around those things, over those things, Lord, that we might truly love you as we should. Help us all to grow in our love and devotion as Peter did. And later he became that great apostle and disciple eventually that great martyr for Jesus who died because he loved God. Lord, we don't aspire to be martyrs, but we aspire to have that kind of love for you. 
And we pray today that you'll help us as we grow in this place, in this area. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.